0: Buckle up, everyone. You are strapped in and ready for the insurance hour. With me, your host, Carl Sussman, the voice helping you navigate the world of insurance. Insurance is not complicated. It really isn't. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what insurance is, and that's why I'm here. I want you to understand what insurance is, what insurance isn't, what your expectations for a policy should be, keeping you informed and insured one hour at a time. Let's talk about insurance. Hello, hello. This is Carl Sussman with the Insurance Hour on KZSB, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have a a very interesting show coming at you, very timely, lots of information that you definitely want to know. Be sure to reach out if you have any questions. You can reach me at carl at am1290kzsb.com or the station directly at 805-564-1290. Without any further ado, let us jump in, because like I said, we've got a lot of interesting information here. What I'm going to be focusing on today, you may have heard of, it is what is being deemed the California... of course, there, there there goes my brain. See, one one less espresso, and then nothing works anymore. It's the California Sustainability Plan, and this is something that Ricardo Lara, the Insurance Commissioner, has come out with as a means to try and get our insurance industry moving again. That, for lack of better terminology, get it moving, get carriers to write business, get things started. So that is what is. Uh, going to be the main topic of discussion today. I'm going to talk about when it goes into effect, some of the changes that we should be expecting when it goes into effect, and uh, and also what, some resources that you can go to. So we're going to go through all this. Meanwhile, if I do happen to get a call in, uh, I ask that you uh, cut me some slack. I will take the call because I always want to give everyone uh, first dib if they have questions about anything, even if it's not specifically on topic. So now talking about the issue of the California Comprehensive Insurance Stability Plan are the following main points, all right? We're going to jump in. Now, basically, we're looking at changing the way insurance is underwritten, how it's priced, how it's processed, uh, basically everything. Uh, It has been done a particular way for about the last 35 years, due in part primarily to Proposition 103. We've talked about that exhaustingly. Uh, and the ramifications it has on the insurance industry so let's talk about the points things that we should be aware of coming with this new plan now again just to recap the the uh, governor of california decided that he was going to get involved and say you know what the assembly has not been able to pass any type of comprehensive legislation that's going to deal with the the woes of the insurance market in California and if you have not been aware you 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 my my guess is by now you're affected because you've either tried to buy a house and you've not been able to get insurance on it or your home policy has increased in premium significantly and you realize when you start calling around that you are having trouble getting coverage There are just carriers that are not offering coverage, or they're heavily restricting the type of coverage that they're offering. It's very difficult. It's, as I've said in the past, it's the epitome of the opposite of a competitive marketplace. Another way to describe it is you can't really shop for property insurance in California. You really can only hunt. You just try and find something, and if you hit it, you get it, you take it, and you run, and and you'd be happy for it. So what we are doing is we are making changes to the system that's been in place that will, allow, that will allow the insurance industry to begin to offer coverage again, to be able to underwrite in a way that is fair and in a way that is trans, transparent, and in a way that's going to stimulate competition, bring insurance companies back to California, and uh, you know you get the, the rainbow at the end of all that. Let's get into each of the elements. Element number one is the plan is to transition homeowners and businesses, actually, from the California Fair Plan to the private market. Now, as you know, in the past, when you're not able to get insurance, what do you do? Well, you'll get coverage through the State of California's Association, which is the California Fair Plan. Now, this is basic fire insurance only. Literally, basic, basic, basic fire insurance only. So this is not where you want to be. This is where you go when you absolutely do not have the option to go anywhere else. And because, as I said, because there are so many insurance companies that are not offering coverage, because there is this crunch right now that people cannot get insurance through the private market, the California Fair Plan has just been exploding with a new business. Clients are flocking there because they literally have nowhere else to go. That is not the plan. That is not what the California Fair Plan is there for. They're not supposed to be the market of only resort. It's supposed to be the market of last resort. However, right now, since there is no real competitive marketplace, people are flocking there. So the first thing is we need to have these regulations accomplish one goal, and that's to depopulate the California Fair Plan. That's get people out of there that don't need to be there. Right now, you've got a lot of people purchasing property insurance through the fair plan because there's nowhere else to go. Not because there's anything specifically wrong with the risk that they have. There's just no other market writing. So you go where you can go, which is to the fair plan. So that... Is one of the primary functions of these of the the legislation that's being put together by Commissioner Lara to try and stimulate the market again. It's going to the result is going to be you're going to have people that are no longer with the Fair Plan that don't have to be there. Instead, they'll be able to get a policy through the private market, and of course, that's also going to give them significantly more coverage than the California Fair Plan provides. Because again, the Fair Plan does not provide coverage for a lot of things such as Water damage, liability, theft of personal property. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, it's really just been there as a stopgap, right? You're supposed to go there perhaps if you get non-renewed for claims or there's some problem temporarily and you need to go there while you find standard coverage through the private market not go there and stay there, which is exactly what's been going on. So that's the first goal of the new regulations is to try and get people out of the fair plan and into the private market. Now, another main part of the California Insurance Stability Plan is to have new rules for how insurance companies are able to predict losses. Now, historically, an insurance company will look back and say, okay, well, we have seen XYZ happened here over the last 20 years, so we will expect that to be the same and we're going to price our product accordingly. Well, as you probably noticed, things are not exactly the way they've been over the last 20 years. Things have been changing rather dramatically. The weather patterns have been changing. We've had storms that we've never seen on the West Coast. We've seen you know billion dollar catastrophe losses happen in quantities and severities that we have literally never seen before. Not even close. So part of the new regulations are going to permit the insurance industry to use what are called climate, cat- climate catastrophe models. What does that mean? It means they're going to take very sophisticated computers, very sophisticated algorithms, and I basically say generally big data. Going to take advantage of all of this data to help them predict what is the likelihood that there's going to be a loss in a particular area. Now, this is controversial because people say, well, it hasn't happened yet. So, how can you charge me for it? It almost reminds me what was that Tom Cruise movie um, where they were able to predict crime? before it happened, and they would go arrest people before they committed the crime. I'm trying to remember the name. Anybody there that, that remembers, let me know because it's going to bother me now. But people complain. They say, well, wait a minute. Why do I have to pay premium? Because your models show that there's the likelihood of loss here. Well, the alternative to that is you're going to have instability in the pricing market, and you're going to have insurance carriers unable to offer coverage because they see, they don't forget, they have the data. They, they know, and I keep saying they like it's some big evil thing, the industry in general knows they have this data already. They can use it internally, but they're not allowed to use it externally. They're not allowed to actually utilize the findings. So since they know, for example, that a particular area is going to have a propensity for wildfires, but they're not allowed to use that to price the product, they're forced to just not offer the product. And of course, that gets us right to where we are today. So remember, we always utilize technology wherever it's useful, wherever it can do something better. And policies that are written and underwritten based on catastrophe models are done more accurately. It's just, I mean, this is not, again, political. it's, It's just math. It's just science. It's just a matter of, look, if we found a way to build a better mousetrap, a better way to predict loss in a particular area well, heck, that's what we're going to do. So that's what they are doing. And in fact, that's what is going to be permitted under these new guidelines. It's a good thing. Are we going to see prices shake up? You bet, because we have areas that previously were considered low risk that might be considered a higher risk and vice versa. However, what's important is they're going to reflect the true potential for a loss instead of just Being, well, in the last 20 years this has happened, so let's just assume the same thing happens again. It's going to be much more granular, much more case by case, and the pricing structures are going to be such that you're going to pay a premium based on your particular risk, not just based on what's happened in that general area in the past, which is primarily how things have been going. So those are the first two things. Let's take a quick break, and I will be back to go over some more points with you. Once again, you are listening to The Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM. And I am Carl Sussman. All right, so there's your segment one. And... um (laughs) The Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman, on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. I'm live every Tuesday at 12 o'clock PM, replay at 7 o'clock PM, and you can hear it again Wednesday, 6 o'clock AM, Saturday, 7 o'clock PM, and Sunday, 1 o'clock PM. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Insurance Hour. I am your host, Carl Sussman. You are, of course, listening to KZSB, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. And you can reach me here anytime at carl at am1290kzsb.com or by phone at 805-564-1290. And send those guys at the studio some chocolate or something nice because let me tell you something, they are answering those phones, they are working their tails to the bones to be sure that the lights stay on, the phones get answered, and the questions get answered as well, all right? So tip your hat to them. If you're in the area, stop by, give them a hug, pat them on the shoulder, and like I said, bring them chocolate. I think they like chocolate in there. Before the break, we were talking about catastrophe modeling as being part of the California Insurance Stability Plan and how it was going to be utilized to more appropriately, properly, and accurately price risks for property insurance in California. The next thing that the insurance stability plan is talking about doing is expanding commercial coverage with the California Fair Plan. Now, I know we were just talking about hey, wait a minute. We we try to we want to get people away from the California Fair Plan and that is the case. However, with commercial insurance, there are some extremely large risks. Let's think about a condominium association that has many, many buildings, and it's in the hills. It's somewhere that clearly, if you or I looked at it, we would say, okay, this is going to be a very high fire risk. And the insurance industry, the the private companies say, you know what? I don't think we're going to be able to come up with a price. We will. We'll provide a price. However, we don't think necessarily that the fire portion is going to be something that is going to be competitive enough to where we might actually be be able to offer a policy that people are going to want to buy. For lack of better terminology, that that really is what it comes down to because they don't want to go through the trouble of offering a policy knowing it's too expensive and knowing that nobody's going to take it because they've spent all that money, nobody's buying it, and then nobody accomplishes anything. So currently, the California Fair Plan for commercial policies will write up to $20 million per location, which is good. That was actually recently increased. However, as you might know, in, uh, with a Homeowners Association, you have multiple buildings at one location, right? It's not always one big building and everybody lives in it. There are multiple buildings. And so one of the additional changes is to expand commercial coverage with the fare plan. And that means that instead of being $20 million per location for, let's say, an HOA or a small business, they will go up to $20 million per building. Big, big change. You might have four, five, six, 10, 12 buildings for an association. And now, instead of trying to squeeze it into, I don't know, 20 million for all of them, which is clearly going to underinsure them, the California Fair Plan will be able to offer up to $20 million per building. So, this is a big, big win for large buildings, for large associations, for businesses that need coverage in high fire areas. Remember, We're not trying to eliminate the fair plan. We're just trying to utilize them for what they were designed for, which is the last resort. When no one else will take you, that's where you go. And if you fall into that category, we wanna be able to insure you with enough coverage. This is helping us do that. This is enabling people to purchase a more reasonable amount of insurance, what they will need to rebuild these buildings, okay? So that's another major part of the new plan for the California Insurance Stability Plan. The next one takes a little bit of explanation, and it talks about incorporating California-only reinsurance into the cost rates. Now, let me explain again what reinsurance is. If I'm an insurance company, wouldn't that be nice, and I decide I'm going to insure something, and you're going to pay me $1,000 for me to insure that something, and in the event of a loss, I will pay that claim. Well, what reinsurance does is it goes to me and it says, "Hey, you know what? maybe you're not 100 percent comfortable with that risk. Maybe you want to write more, but you know there are laws that say I can only have so much exposure based on the amount of cash I have in the bank. There are lots of reasons. I want to stay I, w- I want to take this risk, but I don't want to take all of it. I can take, let's say if it's we're using the $1,000 in premium again, I can take that $1,000 in premium, I can go to a reinsurance company, which is nothing other than an insurance company, and say, I'll give you $500 of the premium that I get of that 1000 That way you and I are both on this risk for half. And in the event of a loss, you pay half and I'll pay half. Now, it's not quite that simple because there are additional costs associated with that. And these costs have been going up, 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 up. Why is this? Well, reinsurance companies don't just operate in California. They operate internationally. And again, it's a good thing. What it does is it enables insurance companies to take on additional risk. It allows insurance companies to remain more solvent because they are spreading the risk with multiple insurance companies. You can actually have a company that has several reinsurance treaties they'll get coverage and split the premium and split the risk with two companies, three companies. It just depends on the risk. Now, what people have been upset about is, well, first of all, currently, that additional cost, let's say it's 10%. So in order for a company to take that $1,000 in premium and give $500 to the reinsurance company, keep $500 and split the risk. They have to spend $100. Let's just say we're using simple round numbers. That's the reinsurance cost. Well, first understand that that reinsurance cost used to be eh, $40, $30, $20, and now it's $100, maybe $120. It's gone up dramatically. And In California, when trying to substantiate and justify rates that are required to stay profitable and to stay, um, uh, what's the word? I'm blanking out again. I definitely need to have another espresso. I I don't know what it is. Um, To to enable the insurance companies to stay viable, uh, they have to collect enough premium to be able to pay the claims. And in California, they're not allowed to take that increased cost that they've incurred for the higher reinsurance costs, right? That what used to be $20 or $30, now that's $100 and $120. They're not allowed to use that when they're tabulating their insurance premiums. They're not allowed to say to the insurance department, the Department of Insurance in in California, hey, not only do we need to change our rates to XYZ, but on top of that, we're paying an extra 40% for our reinsurance. That's something that has not been permitted in the past. And It's a problem, as you can imagine, because it is a genuine expense that the insurance companies are having. So one of two things happen. One, the insurance company does not purchase reinsurance because it simply cannot afford to do it. Now, don't forget, that puts them in the position of potentially being more likely to go insolvent because they are not spreading that risk. So they either have to do that or they have to potentially write coverage and not have money on hand to pay the claim. And lastly, which is what's happening, they are choosing not to do that, by the way. They simply don't offer more coverage than they can afford. And by doing that, they have become saturated with um risks that they currently have, and they're not able to take any more. So the industry has been saying, look, other states allow us to take this reinsurance cost and put it through as part of the expenses that we have, right? An insurance company has expenses for things like agents, underwriting, claims, advertising, all that stuff. However, the reinsurance cost was not included in that. So in these new regulations that are being put together, they found a compromise. They said, all right, we understand that you need to include these reinsurance costs in in order to stay uh, in business, to be able to be, um it's going to just drive me crazy, What in the world is the word? I've already said it. Anyway, to stay financially solvent, right? In order to stay solvent, we know you're going to need to start including some reinsurance costs. But those of us in California do not want to shoulder the increased cost of what it's costing reinsurance companies in Texas or in Florida or in Colorado or in Louisiana. We understand that reinsurance costs have gone up. And so what they have come up with is they will allow the reinsurance costs as they pertain specifically to California risks only to start becoming accurately reflected in the insurance premiums. This is not only so darn smart, it's, it's what should be, because we're the only state now that has found a way to carve out that cost on a state level. And, and that's in part because we're so big, we can kind of push our weight around that way and say, hey, you know what? we need this actual breakdown. We need to be able to know exactly how much is this reinsurance costing us more than it used to and only as it pertains to California. That's huge. Now, you might be saying, well, that's just going to mean higher premium. I mean, you're passing the cost of the reinsurance on to the consumer. This is true on day one. However, again, on day two, when now instead of having one insurance company or two insurance companies or three insurance companies writing, you have a hundred, there'll be competition. So the rates overall are going to go down, right? Again, every insurance company has different reinsurance treaties. Some of them pay more for reinsurance than others. It's a negotiation between an insurance company and another insurance company. Wow, that talk about a talk about being a fly on the wall there, or as they said in Hamilton, being in the room where it happened. Uh, I I think that would be an interesting conversation to see, to see two insurance companies duking it out over how much is it going to cost them to take on an additional risk. So California is going to be able to take California-only reinsurance costs and use that when it's calculating its premium, which is, again, a good thing because it's going to allow the insurance industry in general to have more insurance companies offering coverage. Instead of leaving California, they'll be coming to California. And once again, we know the more carriers there are, the less premium we pay because there's this thing called competition. This country is kind of built based on that, wouldn't you say? So that's reinsurance. Now, there's another issue that is being dramatically affected in the California Insurance Stability Plan, and that's the rate filing process. Now, there are some states where the insurance companies, you know what, I'm, I'm looking at my clock and I'm thinking I should give you a break because this is a big one. So let's take another quick break and then I will come back and we will talk about this new rate filing procedure and timeline. Remember, I am Carl Sussman, as have been since we started here at the Insurance Hour. You're listening to KZSB, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM, and I will talk to you in a minute. hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman, on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Send your questions to carl at am1290kzsb.com. Call 805-564-1290. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman. This is KZSB, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. We are talking today about changes that are coming in California based on the California Insurance Stability Plan that is being put together by the California Department of Insurance uh, on guidelines given from the governor's office in Sacramento. Now, right before the break, we were talking about one of the big changes that will be coming down in the plans, uh, in these planned regulations. But before I do, remember that word that I just could not remember for the life of me, and it was driving me bonkers? Yeah. The word is solvent. Financially solvent. See, this is the thing. People in general, and I don't say this lightly, uh, I, I understand the thinking, they just want, I mean, who doesn't want to pay less if they can, right? We all want to pay less for insurance. It's one of those things. It's an intangible. We don't see it. We don't feel it unless there's a claim. It's just, we just pay the premium and it's just sort of poof, gone. So it's natural that when we're purchasing something intangible, we, we want to pay as little as possible. Heck, we want to pay as little as possible even for things that are tangible. When we go to car shopping, we don't want to overpay. We want to pay as little as we can to get that car The difference is with an insurance company, if they offer premiums that are lower than their actual expenses, right, then they will become financially insolvent, meaning they will not have enough money to pay claims. So all of these changes are as a result of the insurance carriers in California not being able to stay solvent with the current system that is in place. So these regulations that we're talking about are being put together specifically so that insurance carriers can come to California and stay solvent. It does nobody any good to have an insurance market where people, where the carriers charge low enough premiums that makes everybody happy, but the minute there's claims, they go bankrupt. And believe me, this happens. There's been over a dozen insurance companies, let's just say in the state of Florida, in the last 12 months that have become insolvent. Literally, bye-bye run out of money, thanks again, see you later. We don't want that in California. We do not want that. And so these regulations are going to help prevent that from happening. And is that going to, is that going to translate into higher premiums to keep the insurance carriers solvent, meaning to have enough money to pay our claims? Like I said, initially, yes. Over the long-term, no. We had talked about that, right, about more carriers coming, competition coming, all that other good stuff. All right, so let's talk about how rates are filed, how underwriting guidelines are filed. How does an insurance company decide what the premium is going to be for you? There are some states that are called file and use. Basically, the insurance company says to the Department of Insurance, this is what we think we need to do and here's what we're doing. Here's our new guidelines. And they give it to the Department of Insurance and they start doing it. That's one way to do it. There are other states that will file and wait meaning they'll file the rate, and if they don't ha- hear something back from the Department of Insurance after a specific period of time, then they'll turn around and they'll start using those new rates or those new guidelines or whatever it might be. Then you have states that are by approval only, and that means that they have to the insurance carrier has to file their rate with the state. The state has to look through it. It has to make sure that it financially makes sense, make sure that it is... In black and white, the math adds up, right? That they need this premium or they can show that this discount actually does equate less losses. They go through and they look at it and if it looks good, they approve it. Then you have California. (laughs) And and I'm gonna try and say this without getting snarky. In California, we're sort of a, a mishmash of that third concept. Insurance carriers in California, typically, right now, will file, let's just say, uh, they're called classification plans, right? Maybe they wanna say, okay, uh, drivers aged 30 to 35, we can charge a little bit less, but drivers that are 20 to 25, we have to charge a little bit more, right? That's just because we've got the statistics to show that that just makes sense. Something simple as that, right? I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but you get the idea. They wanna do that. In California, they will submit that to the Department of Insurance. And based on Proposition 103, there's a short period of time, I wanna say 60 or 90 days, where the Department of Insurance has to basically say yay or nay. And if they say no, they have to say why and explain it, and the insurance company has the opportunity to say, oh, okay, yeah, we see your point. Um, we will make this adjustment or they'll say, no, no, you misunderstood us. Here's how it should be. And there's a little bit of back and forth until there's agreement and it goes on. But it shouldn't take more than a couple of months. But, and it's a big but, in California, what we have happening in reality is we have certain groups, one in particular, that is literally making a living based on appealing every time there's a filing with the Department of Insurance from an insurance company because we allow that. We want there to be flexibility. We want the general public to be able to be involved in these decisions, right? We want, you and I want to be able to sit down, I guess, and say, okay, how did you come up with this? So there's one particular entity that's parading itself as a nonprofit, you know, helping you and all that good stuff even though they're making tens of millions of dollars from the insurance industry and therefore from our premiums. And every time an insurance company files something, they will say, nope, we don't like it. And what that translates into is there will be long, long, long periods of time between when that filing went in that said we want to charge more for the younger driver, less for the older in our example, because it gets hung up in the back and forth, and then there's a hearing. And we can't show up at this hearing. And meanwhile, this entity is billing and making tens of millions of dollars over time, just because that's part of the process, right? You've heard the old saying, if you don't like the law, don't get angry at the people, just change the law. Well, that's kind of what they're doing. Now, how long does that that wait actually turn into? That what used to be, and actually on paper, is supposed to be around 60 or 90 days. I recently heard that an insurance company waited over 300 days to get one of these class plans through the Department of Insurance. 300 days. Wow, wow. That's just ridiculous. Because guess what? By that time, they might need other changes. So part of these new regulations are designed to change that process, right? They still allow for open hearings, but guess what? Now these groups, again, one in particular that I will not mention, that's making all of this money, not only are they still going to be able to file all the appeals they want, however, two things will change. One, they have to disclose openly how much money they are going to make by making that appeal, and number two, they're going to have to justify why they think there's a problem with what that filing is that's being requested. They can't just say, I don't like it they have to be able to say, I don't like it because I think X, Y, and Z. And for the first time, the Department of Insurance is starting to pay attention to that and is kicking back these random requests for hearings that are delaying the filing and approvals of things that need to happen in order to get rate properly set, to get underwriting properly set. There's this misconception that all we want to do is get faster rate increases. And that's not the case. It's any kind of change to the policy. If, if an insurance company wants to add a discount for a particular type of roof, right? Or they want to add an endorsement, which is a change to the policy, and they want that to cover solar panels, right? It's not currently on the policy. They want to add that as a new type of coverage. They have to file that with the Department of Insurance. That, and they have to wait a year or more sometimes, or six, eight, nine, ten 10 months, to get that approved, who, who is that benefiting? It's really only benefiting the company that's making all the money from the appeal. It's certainly not helping us as consumers and it's certainly pissing off the industry because they're saying, why bother? You know, Why should we go through all this R&D to come up with a new discount or to come up with a new concept or a new product or a new whatever when it's gonna take us years and years to implement it And guess what? There's no guarantee it'll even be implemented. It might become cost prohibitive just because we have so many hoops to jump through and we're paying so much money just to try and do it. So part of the California Insurance Stability Plan is to improve the filing procedures and timelines. Now, they don't have that specifically written up yet. None of these are specific yet. However, the, the general feeling is instead of taking months and months and months, we might look at a month, two months, maybe one back and forth between the insurance department and the insurance company, and, and that's really going to be it. It'll be a yay or nay, move on, let's go. There have been, and I'm not exaggerating, thousands of of filings that have been stuck at the Department of Insurance because there are so many of them backlogged. The poor Department of Insurance is trying to get to these things and they've got two things fighting against them. They've got this these bizarre groups parading themselves around as consumer advocates making millions of dollars and at the same time uh, they're getting backlogged. So what this these new guidelines are going to do is first it's going to pump up the staffing at the Department of Insurance which is going to expedite all of these filings. So if an insurance carrier files something, it has a it has a prayer that it'll actually be looked at in a reasonable period of time. And since these groups that are making all this money on the filings have to start disclosing what they make, the thinking is maybe they won't do that as often, right? Because now it's going to become, really, you're making how much? Really? You're, you're billing how much per hour to sit and look at this? And once again, since they have to decide why it is that they're actually making this appeal, that's going to slow down the the nonsense that's going on as well, right? There's no more of this random, I don't like it. And that puts a big pause in the system for months and months and months. All right, one more break and I shall be back and we'll go over the next few things that we should be expecting in the insurance stability plan. I am Carl Sussman. This is KZSB, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. This is KZSB, Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. I am Carl Sussman, host of the Insurance Hour, live every Tuesday at 12 o'clock p.m. Keep in mind, insurance policies are insurance policies, meaning you have it in case you have a loss. It's not an investment. It's not something you put money in with the guaranteed expectation of getting money out. That's a bank. Account. <laughs> Hello, hello. This is Carl with the Insurance Hour. Welcome back for our fourth segment where we are talking to you about the California Insurance Stability Plan and all that it is going to do for all of us in California. It's all good, by the way, because we're going to get better coverage and lower premiums over the long run. And who's going to complain about that? So we were talking about before the last break... Uh, The the delays that have been going on, which have been preventing the insurance industry from actually innovating and being able to actually put out products that we like, including discounts, including new products, including everything. Because remember, everything has to go through that system. So that's going to change, which is phenomenal. I want to take a a step back in something that we had talked about. Actually, no, let me give you one last um, point that we are looking at coming through with these regulations, okay? This one is controversial. Currently, the California Fair Plan is backed by all of the insurance carriers that are admitted to do business in California, okay? So if you're an admitted insurance company, and we've talked about that before, right? That means that you have provided the proper documentation, you have the the proper finances, Uh, You've sent it all to the Department of Insurance. They've looked at you. They've said, yeah, you're cool. You do business in California. So everyone that's an admitted carrier in California will basically chip in in the event that the California Fair plan runs out of money. And they will chip in based on the percentage of business they have in California, all right? Now, few points. Number one, the California Fair plan has never run out of money. (laughs) So that's the first thing. And if they do... Every insurance company, again, based on their percentage of market share, would jump in and they would pay the the extra bill to be sure that everyone gets their claims paid. Now, the problem is, as we've talked about, Fair Plan is going to be changing in really just writing the extremely high-risk properties, not just the average fire risk, but the extreme Fire risk areas. Because part of this plan means that the insurance industry has to write, and we'll talk about this in a moment, in 85% uh, wildfire prone areas. So we'll, we'll talk about what that means. But what it translates into is Fair Plan is going to be the losses that Fair Plan has are going to go up because so much premium that is there is going to be just very high risk. Based on this, the industry is saying, hey, look, we're willing to write. Everybody in California, right? However, those people that are in those extremely high fire zone areas, yeah, we'll chip in if Fair Plan runs out of money, but we do need to have some type of mechanism to recoup that money over time. And that is part of the plan to allow the California Fair Plan to assess, Not, I'm sorry, not the Fair Plan, the insurance industry to over time assess the portion of what they paid to prop the fair plan back up in the event that happens. Very controversial. You hear people saying, oh, it's a bailout. It's a bailout. No, it's not a bailout. It's what makes sense. It's if you're willing to take all of the risk, including risk you would not normally take, then you're going to share in that exposure. You're basically going to say, look, we'll do it, but we're not going to do it to our own, where it's only a detriment to us right? I mean, we're going to handle the claims. We're going to do all the process. We're going to do all that stuff. However, we'll, we'll even lay the money out. But if all of that gets exhausted, we can't just be out that money. If that were the case, we'd go bankrupt. We, we can't just shoulder those risks alone. So that's the the last, I say, major part of this insurance reform that's coming down. Now, let me explain something that I think is important, okay? One of the parts of this New uh, regulation is that an insurance company in California has to write eighty five percent of their property in what are considered high risk areas all right, so let me give you an example because everyone gets confused with this, including me. So if a company insures twenty out of every hundred homes in California, right they have twenty percent of the market, but let's just stick with that. twenty out of a hundred they write so every time a hundred homes get insurance this one company writes 20 of them. It would then be required to also write 17 policies in areas that are considered high fire risk, all right? So let that soak in. So they're writing 17 policies in areas that before they would not be writing, now they will be writing. And not just this company, every company. So again, what is that going to do to the premiums in those areas? Well, they're going to be high initially because the carriers are going to be like, "Whoa, these are scary areas." But when everybody's riding in them, guess what? The, they're going to start cherry picking and say, "Well, yeah, this one's kind of bad, but it's not the worst we've seen." And they'll start competing a little bit. And what will be left? is like I said just a moment ago, will be just the extraordinarily high, high risk areas where they'll still offer a price because that's part of the agreement. However, people may decide to go to the fair plan because it makes more sense for them there. And what does fair plan do? It spreads the risk with all of the admitted insurance companies. So it all kind of makes sense, right? This guideline forces the insurance industry to do what they don't wanna do, It forces them to write properties in areas that they have never written before, ever, 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 ever. And we know that's going to lower the price for everybody because of competition. And the trade-off is by doing that, they do have a means to recoup from the fair plan in the event that some of them have massive losses, something that bankrupts the fair plan, again, which has never happened. They have a mechanism to recoup that money. So again, It works for everybody. It gives everybody the ability to gain something in some way. Consumers gain a market where there's more insurance companies that are writing insurance in an area that they previously could not have possibly considered getting an insurance policy. They were guaranteed to go to the fair plan. The insurance industry, they gain something because they have a mechanism where they can actually take higher risks because... They'll have more flexibility in underwriting and premium, right? Think back 10, 15 minutes because they'll be able to justify rates. They'll be able to get underwriting guidelines changed. They'll be able to say, hey, look, if you have a wood shake roof, we're going to charge you a lot more than if you have a concrete roof or a fire-resistant roof. And it's not going to take them 300 days to get that approved. So the insurance companies are going to be happy because they'll be able to properly price these risks, even though they're in areas that they're not thrilled with, they'll be able to properly underwrite them and properly price them. So who loses in this? Nobody. Nobody loses in this. Consumers get more choice. Consumers will get more uh, price stability and more competition, The insurance industry is going to win because they're going to have more market to write in, right? They're going to be able to write in areas that they previously would not have, and now they will. So they do have the potential to be able to make more premium. So everybody wins, literally everybody wins because when there's more competition, the price goes down. I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm working in an environment right now where there's 87 at least percent of the property insurance market that literally will not write a new policy. I, you know, Somebody wants to buy a policy tomorrow and they simply cannot do it because there's no insurance market, there's no insurance carrier that will write that particular home. And it doesn't have to be in a fire area. They just don't have sufficient underwriting flexibility to be able to price it or underwrite it properly. So again, between becoming insolvent which accomplishes nothing for anybody, or not writing that policy, they're doing, I would argue, the right thing and simply not writing the policy. It's painful as heck, let me tell you, but it's better than having them write a policy that they can't pay for in the event of a claim. That is for sure. All right, we're gonna take our last break, then I'm gonna summarize everything and tie it up with a bow, have it all ready for you so you can go off for your day feeling so much more informed and so much smarter than anyone else that's complaining to you about their insurance and their premium. Once again, you're listening to The Insurance Hour. I'm Carl Sussman. This is KZSB, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM. And I will talk to you in a moment. And welcome back to the Insurance Hour with your host, me, Carl Sussman. You are listening once again and still to KZSB, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM. And why ever change the channel? Because they've got so many good folks on this station. You really should just leave it there and just keep going. And if you're not at a radio, you know, you really should just stream it online. I mean, you can get this station everywhere, and you should be. Remember, you can send questions to me at carl at am1290kzsb.com or call the station 805-564-1290. 805-564-1290. So today's been an interesting conversation. You have heard, no doubt, about these guidelines that are being changed, these laws that are being changed. Uh, you've probably heard it in a bad way, right? That, oh, the industry's f- you know, forcing people to you know change the laws and to bend to their will. I mean, I, I've heard it all. And I hope you understand, if nothing else after this hour, This is not about greed. This is about the ability to stay solvent. It does not do anybody any good to have an insurance company offer a product where it's going to lose money because eventually it won't be able to pay its claims or it will leave the state. And both of those things are bad. You know how I know? You know how I'm so sure about that? Because we see it happening. We see it happening in other states. We see it happening in California. Carriers are leaving if they can't stay um, financially solvent. And that's, (laughs) again, I would rather them be gone. I would rather be suffering, not being able to find coverage as easily as before, or in this case, almost at all. And it is tough, let me tell you, really, really tough. I would rather that than write insurance with an insurance company that it's clear will not be able to pay their claims. Because who does that help? It helps nobody. So when you hear people talking about the regulations changing, understand change is not a bad thing always. Sometimes it's very necessary. We're talking about changing guidelines in California that were written over 35 years ago, approved by voters by a 1% margin. Think of where you were 35 years ago. Uh, Are you the same? Is it the same world you're living in? I suggest it's probably very, very different in your mind. And I can promise you that because I know it's true. So these changes that are coming, these guidelines that are coming down that are going to stimulate the California insurance marketplace, bring carriers back, open up so carriers that are here will be able to start writing again. And all of this competition starts again. He's going to be literally the example set for the way the rest of the country has to do things. Literally, the way the rest of the country has to do things. As you know, everything starts out in California, and we're always the we're the first ones to have the problem, and we are the first ones to find the solutions. And I feel very strongly that the California Insurance Stability Plan, as it's been set forth, has all the goods to really put us back in a position where we can have a vibrant, competitive, and very, very, um, what's the right word for it? More, um, consumer friendly, uh, marketplace than it's been for a very long time. Because right now it's really just been a matter of one one company, you know, making money, delaying things and the insurance industry throwing up their hands saying, well, if I can't do this, what can I do? If I can't do this, what can I do? If I can't do this, what can I do? And again, that does not benefit anybody. And let's face it, are we in a good place right now? Nope. Anybody argue with that? Nope. So is the only way we should expect things to change if we change the way things are are right now? Yep. If you do the same thing you were doing before, expect the same outcome. We don't want that. We don't like the outcome we have right now. So we are going to make these changes. We're going to make changes that are going to be good for consumers, that are going to be good for the marketplace in general. And good for California's economy. We are literally going to show the rest of the country how to deal with these types of issues because, again, don't think we're the only ones dealing with it. Far from it. This is happening in Colorado. This is happening in Louisiana, in Texas, in Florida. And these are just the ones that make the news. It's happening to some extent everywhere. So you can be sure that we will be the first ones out the gate with these solutions And being in the industry, I can tell you, it seems like a long time coming, but thankfully it's, it's being done. We will be in a position where you can actually shop for insurance by shopping. I mean, you'll have options, many companies to choose from, many price points, many types of coverages, all sorts of things versus right now, basically none or one or two, if you're really lucky. And that is going to be the way we will move forward. That is, and again, this is all good. And if you have questions, please reach out to me. I'll I'll be happy to answer them. Take a little bit of time. Stay on top of the news. Don't just listen to what everyone puts on their Instagram feed or their whatever. The other thing is Twitter feed, X feed, blah, blah, blah feed. Educate yourself, understand what's going on. Stay safe out there. Remember, things are getting better. They will continue to get better. And I will talk with you again soon. You've been listening to Carl Sussman, that's me, on the Insurance Hour on KZSB, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Remember, the show is dedicated to Shamrock Papa. Have a good day.